This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. As we enter Black History Month, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis has taken his war on black history to new heights, banning an AP high school course. The governor, who appears to be engaging in a political strategy to catapult himself into the Republican presidential nomination in 2024, has accused educators of black history of trying to indoctrinate American children. The course in question was developed over many years by the College Board and is being piloted at 60 schools around the country, including in Florida. Aside from their impact on education, how do such history bans affect the mental health of young people of color? My guest is Shade Hollins, founder of Relevant Connections, an independent consulting firm that supports agencies, nonprofits, and educational institutions in promoting mental health and increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion. Welcome to the program, Shade. Thank you for having me. So, first, let's talk about the fact that when there is a young black or brown student in a classroom getting excited to learn about history and finding that the history is entirely whitewashed. We've seen years and years and years of that. We've seen students disengaged. And then we've seen that history that's relevant, ethnic studies courses or black history, African-American history, uh, et cetera, it ends up engaging students a lot more. So before we get into the mental health impact of taking such history away, what has been the positive effect of having such history on young people? Just like with anything else, when you see yourself represented in a conversation, you are excited to learn about it. Even when we use everyday marketing and branding, people are now making sure that they have black and brown models, a part of a commercial or a part of, you know, your, your, um, the wear that you have with your clothing. McDonald's, everybody is making sure that who it is that they are targeting, who they want to engage with, um, making sure that everyone sees themselves in their product and it's, and is, and is viewed as valuable. That is happening just within marketing and everyday society. So of course we must do this when it comes to teaching our own students and our youth about their own history. They should be able to see themselves and know more about themselves within the curriculum that they are learning because it will build esteem. It will let them realize that not only are they learning about history, but they too can make history because someone who looked like them someone who shared similar experiences like they did also has made history and now they're learning about them. So it's very important, very important. So this particular AP course in question um, was developed by the college board and the governor of Florida ha and his administration has cited specific um, aspects of this course. Work, for example, by historian Robin D.G. Kelly, uh, especially queer theory and black queer theory, um, work by the Movement for Black Lives. Uh, there's, it's seemingly singling out anything in black history that suggests leadership, black leadership to um, change the trajectory of black lives. Um, you know, it seems as though any history that's that's way in the past that um, 
that, that can be papered over or that is not a threat anymore to white supremacy, that's okay. But any history that sort of questions things seems to be what the governor is taking aim at. What message does that send to young people who are supposed, we're supposed to be teaching them to question things, right? Yes, yes. And it, one thing that really want to resonate with people is that this is not just about Black history. This is literally American history. Mm-hmm. And every time society rejects the instruction of accurate American history within these academic institutions, it literally promotes the continuation of racial superiority and cultural genocide for yet another generation. We are not um, advocating necessarily for Black history. We're advocating for accurate American history to be taught. And Black history is a part of that. And that is what is important. And that is what drive needs to be driven home. And this decision really counters other initiatives that administration claims will promote mental health and resiliency. You cannot, you cannot effectively address the student's mental health while also rejecting their ancestors' contribution to history. When we look at Resiliency Florida initiative that First Lady has in place and the amended rule of 6A that they're talking about where they're wanting to make sure that mental health and emotional wellness is available for students, how can we then have an initiative like this but then reject history and um, honoring the, the, the tribulations and the contributions of an entire demographic? That is a specific, you're referring to a specific initiative in Florida that uh, supposedly the administration has taken on board. Now, with this so-called Stop Woke Act, which predates the the ban on the AP course that Florida's governor is taking on, this seems to be a purely political calculation on his part. But what does that look like from the perspective of a young person sitting in a history course or expecting to be taught history either in high school or even at the college level? When they see this sort of accurate history being banned, What is the message that gets sent from government? The message is that my experience is not important. Many of the life stressors and the adverse childhood experiences that impact the student's resilience and their mental health are all tied to systemic oppression and institutionalized racism. And yet society consistently chooses to ignore this portion and wonder why depression and suicide continue to rise amongst teens and young adults. Silencing Black voices within American history impacts more than the curriculum or the classroom lecture. It literally silences the voices of the present day student, the present day youth who will be our future, who, who, who is our future. And what they're learning, what they're seeing is that my experience is not important, only um, what I'm able to to how I'm able to benefit everyone else. And so one of the um, kind of examples that I like to give is, you know, when we host these DEI initiatives without teaching accurate American history, it's literally like raising your child to believe that beauty is only skin deep and that neither character nor brains have any significance in who you are as a person. So what does that mean, right? So if we think about it, without sharing the stories, without honoring voices or implementing practices that truly foster equity and inclusion, 
then DEI is literally just a room full of beautiful faces. <laughs> faces with different skin tones, hair textures, and physiques to simply pl plaster as a marketing campaign, but have no real depth. And we know as caregivers, as parents, as teachers, we are always teaching our students and our young people that beauty is so much more than skin deep. Well, so is DEI. Just because we have a room full of people of color or you decide to do a new marketing tool to have different faces on a, a brochure does not mean that DEI is literally happening or that equity is happening. And so as a young person sitting in that classroom, knowing that their history or their voice cannot be taught, you are literally teaching them that beauty is only skin deep that DEI, that racial equity, that all of these things are only skin deep. And it does not matter about the core of it all, about your character, about the heart or the imp implementation that goes beyond, beyond um, the, the skin. One of the um, issues that the governor of Florida took with the particular AP uh, African-American history course that uh, has been banned is the issue of intersectionality, which seems to be precisely what you were sort of referring to. Intersectionality being this idea that you can be numerous things at once. You can be a woman, you can be a person of color, you can be disabled, you can be um, in the part of the LGBTQ community. And when people are at the intersections of those various identities they have unique experiences <laughs> why do you think the florida governor takes issue with that and when he does take issue with that what does that do to say for example a young black gay kid yeah when when we start recognizing that people cannot fit in a box it creates hardship in recognizing how is it that we can control <laughs> um something if i cannot put my finger and classify someone as one specific thing, then I cannot write a description on how to control them or how to fix them or whatever mm. these words are. And so that's what intersectionality does. It, it totally takes out all of the, the things that are put in a box and it forces people to say, hey, <laughs> you cannot just put me in a box and feel like whatever it is that you want to reproduce and reproduce in masses, it will work for me. And people don't like that. People don't like that. And so what that is saying to someone sitting in that classroom that identifies as several different things is that I have to now force myself to be in a box or, or if I can't, if I'm not forcing myself to be in the box, where do I belong? What is my value? And when a young person starts asking themselves what their value is, now we're really talking about mental health and their value of living. So now we're talking about suicidal ideation and thoughts, because anytime you are questioning your value, you are questioning whether life is worth living, which means now you're questioning what what am I going to do so that I don't have to live a life that doesn't have value? And that is the last thing that as parents, that as caregivers, that as teachers, that even as administration should want our children to feel. But that is what, what can lead to rejecting, making sure that people are seen in the curriculum in which they are learning about.
Finally, Shade, one of the responses in Florida to this ban on the AP course has been young um, kids of color fighting back, um, holding up signs, having a rally, the Stop Black Attack rally that took place. How does that action, that activism, help rekindle that mental resilience that gets eroded when when there are attacks. So how does the agency that comes with activism act as a bulwark against these impacts um, to history? Yeah, activism is a, a form of self-empowerment. It's a form of utilizing your voice and standing up for what you feel is right. It gives you a sense of ownership and it gives you that sense of ownership that someone tried to take away. So the fact that these young people are out there doing these things is actually showing us that they still see purpose in their life, that they still recognize that even though what I believe, what I identify as, what I think is right is not the norm or status quo at this time, I still find purpose in living because it is my purpose to show the world that this is what I believe, this is how it should be, and, and I am going to push to make that happen. Not only that, it brings together different type of people so that even those who may not identify as more than one thing or totally agree with whatever lifestyles people have, but recognize the value of humanity, and so even though they may classify themselves amongst the majority because they recognize that there is value in being different there is value in being able to express yourself and live your life the way that you you want to you know um if there is value in um honoring ancestors and truly learning about accurate american history there is value in those things they can now stand with them and join them and that brings camaraderie and that brings a new light to a, a future generation that can dismantle this systemic oppression that continues to show its face when things like this are put in play i want to thank you so much arde for joining us appreciate your time and your insight thank you for having me my guest has been Sharde Hollins, founder of Relevant Connections, an independent consulting firm that supports agencies, nonprofits, and educational institutions in promoting mental health and increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.